Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. I, I hear you're under the weather. I'm glad you are able to make it. You got some, some hot tea and uh, uh, next to you, like you, you had a hot drink. Oh, I do. Good. Yeah, my, my uh, body pretty much decided at the end of November that it had had enough, so... <laughs> I spent more time traveling in November than I spent at home. Mm-hmm. Whoa, and wow. uh, yeah, so I had like a BlizzCon that rolled into like some wedding planning stuff. So we were away the next weekend. Not to mention we had the, the pipe issue that happened at the end of the extra live stream. Right. That rolled into me going to Atlanta for a week. And then this past weekend was my bachelorette party. So after I got home from my bachelorette party, which was pretty low key which it fit me really well it was great we had a paint Good. night so we went out for a very very nice fancy dinner and then uh they brought somebody in to do a paint night for us so it was really really low key really fun uh very joss and uh yeah but then i got home the next day and i hadn't slept well and cuz i mean like air mattress sleeping is never the greatest <laughs> And uh, yeah, so then I got home the next day and like kind of Sunday evening, I was just like, oh, my God, like my throat hurts so much. And then I woke up Monday morning and it was like full, like swollen shut. And I was like, OK, yeah, I'm sick. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, well, that's it. Catches I, up I think my you. body. Yeah, my body had just had enough. I wasn't mm. getting enough sleep. I had been traveling. And so exposing myself to god knows what in conferences and airports and all the rest of it so yeah uh, yeah yeah i uh i think i think it was in between shows it just kind of worked out but but i had i had caught a cold that the entire family had and i was the last one to kind of catch it and then kind of like it's just been hanging around and and it was uh it's just it took you out for a couple days but like it's what's going around and you're bound to catch it at some point and the long the longer you push yourself the more susceptible you are to that sort of stuff. So like, just we'll get some rest. Uh, and, uh, I mean, not tonight. I mean, we're going to, we're going to do the show and then play some video <laughs> games. But after that, go to bed at a, at a decent, you know, in the PM. Uh, well, I have to, yes, I, I have to go to bed very early tomorrow night, which is actually why we're recording on Wednesday instead oh, that's of right. Thursday is because uh, I'm working DreamHack winter, which is taking place in Sweden, which has a six hour time difference, which means I'll be working from like, 3 3 and 4 a.m. until, you know, 3 p.m. ish. (laughs) So, yeah, pretty rough, but still good. It's good. No, and and it was funny. We were talking today. I I said, like, okay, well, if you're not feeling well, do we need to, like, find a different time? And they said, no, I can't this weekend because winter's coming. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I don't know what that (laughs) means. But I look outside, like, is there supposed to be some weather coming this weekend that I don't know? Oh, right, DreamHack, I had forgotten. Uh, but, no, that's really cool. And so where can people catch, like, is it just all on Twitch? Is that where, I don't know. I don't know the DreamHack and the esports and all that. Uh, yeah, so there's uh, different Twitch channels for all of the different esports that are going to be at winter. So if you guys want to uh, check out the stuff that I work on, then, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's twitch.tv slash DreamHackHS for Hearthstone, obviously. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, the best place to find it. But like I said, there's a six-hour time difference. So we'll be done by, like, 3 to 4 p.m. on uh, each day. So, like, Eastern time. <laughs> cool. But, uh, but yeah, so that's uh, what I'll be working on. But before we get into what we've actually been playing... I wanted to remind everybody that we are still raising money for the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals through Extra Life. So you can go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2018 
we're uh, doing quite well this year. Our team is doing really awesome. I think um, both Ryan and I are very close to our goals. So we're doing uh, one more stream each. Uh, I will be streaming on not Tuesday. I will be why streaming. Put Tuesday? Uh, I don't know why you put Tuesday. It's definitely a Saturday. That's uh, really December weird. December 8th. <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan is going to be streaming on December 21st, which is a Friday. So yeah. hopefully I'll be able to pop in for the 21st stream. Ryan um, might be able to pop in on the 8th, but... Yep. We're uh, we're going to be doing some more. Hopefully nothing in my house explodes and I'll be able to actually make it all the way through the stream. But uh, I I love Dead by Daylight, so I would absolutely love to to get another group together to play that. Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. I'm kind of like theming mine like Friday. The 21st is the last day of work. So I'm going to do a uh, holiday extra life party. I'm gonna gonna get some some eggnog and all Christmas themed uh, games. So like, oh fun! You know, here's the storm. Overwatch, uh, Dead by Daylight has a Christmas event coming up. Uh, Killing Floor Two, just like every game. Anything, anything that has a Christmas event. <laughs> I think so, and I might, I might like if it starts slow, I might start casual and just uh, there's a Santa suit in Mario Odyssey, so I might just twirl around the the Winterland. But I'm I'm looking forward to it, and um, I'm looking forward to both streams. December is is around the corner, and Christmas is almost here. It's crazy how fast 2018 has gone by. I know, I know, and as someone planning an early 2019 wedding, it just it's it's coming way, way, way too quickly. We don't even have our Christmas lights up yet. I don't know when oh. that's gonna happen, but uh, yeah. Good so, anyways, time. that's when we're doing all of our extra life streams. So again, that's bitly slash TGI Extra Life, all lowercase 2018. If you would like to donate, and uh, don't forget to come and join us and uh, support us during our actual stream time. So, mm-hmm. um. I'm going to kick it off, I think, this week. I'm going to talk a little bit about Darksiders 3. And so, okay. Darksiders, as a franchise, Mm -hmm. I love. And it is right up my alley in terms of, like, story and lore. And it's actually kind of funny how much I enjoy Darksiders, given that it has a lot of similar themes to Diablo. And Diablo is really not my jam. But it's the whole, like, angels and demons and the, the... conflict between heaven and hell eventually starting the apocalypse for mankind and you play as one of the four horsemen so the first game that came out you played as war second game that came out you played as death and now we've waited six years and thq has gone through an acquisition and now we have darksiders 3 where you play as fury and this one starts off really rough and Mm. i feel like the original comparison was Darksiders to Zelda. It was like a darker, more mature, still not like over the top dark, but a darker, more mature version of Zelda. And I feel like the franchise has kind of morphed from being a darker, more mature version of Zelda to being a more colorful version of Dark Souls. The combat has evolved in a way that is um, dodge and don't get hit, which is not a mechanic that either one of us really enjoys. Mm-hmm. And it's also like, even to the point of like directly ripping off mechanics, like when you die, you lose all of your currency and you have to go back to the place where you died in order to collect it again. And your currency is literally souls. I was like, this is 
not even like a reskinned Dark Souls mechanic. This is just straight up how Dark Souls works. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's a franchise that w built itself off of, you know, uh, borrowing from other franchises. Like you said, the first one was very Zelda-like. The second one kind of borrowed a lot from those like, you know, the Tomb Raiders, the open world kind of games, and then also Diablo with the loot and stuff. And um, this one I've heard kind of kind of ditches the Zelda formula, you know, and, and kind of goes in a in its own, you know, doubles down on the action combat. And yeah, from what I've seen of the combat, it, it, uh, it looks pretty punishing, you know, and like when you get hit, you get hit, right? That seems mm -hmm. to be what I've, I've noticed of the game. I'm not playing it, um, but you know, I'm a fan of the Darksiders franchise. And, and I think by every right, looking at this game even existing six years after a major studio fallout and, and all, you know, that team that was working on Darksiders 2 basically shuttered um, and, and mm -hmm. you know, cast to the side by, by THQ going under. But for some, you know, reason, you know, uh, THQ Nordic came in. I can't remember what they were called before. And they built up this team of former Darksiders uh, devs and, and created a proper sequel. Now, to that effect, like you, you got to give props to what they've done here. I mean, it's a it's a video game. It's a product, whatever. They're trying to make money. But at the end of the day, like it's still pretty surprising. A, when this thing got announced. B, when we hadn't heard anything up until the release. And then it actually came out. Um it's very surprising like i don't i can't think of another example in the video game industry where this something like this has happened you know mm. um i i'm sure there are examples out there that that people might be screaming at their at their headphones but uh <laughs> to me like it, it just seems so unique um but i but i mean you can't give the game a pass just because a for effort right so so you were yeah, so uh, having some issues Right. So first of all, I, I should mention mm -hmm. I'm playing Darksiders 3 on Xbox using a key that we got through the PR agency. And they basically didn't have any keys left for PC versions or PS4 versions. And so right. I'm playing on the Xbox. So I have an Xbox One, but it's like the very first generation Xbox. Like it's not the the S or the X or any of the ones they've come out with since. And it struggles. It struggles really hard. Like you can tell when you go into a new area because like I'll be going down a set of stairs and mm. halfway down the set of stairs, the game just freezes. And then there's like the little icon in the bottom, like the bottom right corner. It's like the little Darksider skull and it's got these runes that rotate around it. It's like the equivalent of like the little hourglass that used to have on windows i guess now it's the finny blue circle but right. you know that's what it, it's the it's the oops i'm thinking graphic right. and like i have to sit there and it's not even like i've opened a door and walked through and it faded to black or something it's literally like my character's in mid-step on the stairs and i get the little loading icon and then it just like sits there and then i'm like <laughs> i'm gonna go get a drink and i'll come back and then maybe i'll be able to move my character again oh. and so far it hasn't like frozen me out of the game i've had moments where i've died and the game has locked up in the like in that loading screen so like you die and then while you're respawning you get the loading screen with a tip on it and stuff like that so i've had that screen freeze for five minutes at a time where i've had to restart the game but i haven't um but like i said it even has these moments where 
you're like changing from like one floor of a building to another mm -hmm. and it's like it doesn't load everything all at once so every time you change floors there's this like frozen screen moment which is uh something i'm really not used to seeing in games i mean normal i'm used to seeing if we get a loading screen at all it's at like natural breakpoints and like i said like doors opening fade to black and then load screen or something right. But uh, the idea of something that is obviously supposed to be a very smooth transition, the Xbox One cannot handle it. So this game, I think, even though it technically can be played on the platform I'm playing it on right now, I would not recommend picking it up for Xbox One at all unless you have an Xbox One S or X. Like, it's not made for the for the original. Yeah, well, the, the S, I don't know if the S has a boost in, in uh, processing power. I mean, I'm sure there are uh, upgrades. I thought that they did. I thought the S was, like, for speed or something. No. Well, I, I mean, it is, is, uh, it is a 4K Blu-ray player. Like, there is there is some extra guts in there. And, and um, I was interested in playing this game on, on uh, PC because, uh, to me, that's where I'm sure it was going to shine. Most of the time, that's where games like this uh shine and i think with the consoles when you look at i experienced this i picked up uh, assassin's creed origins way back in the summer i never i don't think i talked about it on the show but i don't um, think you did oh I, no wait i think you did you did okay well um i just noticed that it was a little a little sluggish uh on the xbox and i have an xbox one the original xbox yeah. one one anyways um <laughs> and it was not what I was expecting. It was it was a little sluggish, and I think that's that's one of those things when you're developing a game for PC where you have to deal with just such a wide range of hardware. Then you look at consoles, and uh, you're getting to the point where you're having to develop for a wide range of of consoles. You know, there's three versions of the Xbox you have to deal with. There are two versions of the PlayStation. Then there are revisions of hardware for the same product. You know, the, mm -hmm. the PS4 Pro has gone through a couple of internal revisions. Same, you know, same specs in terms of what it can hit, but it's different guts inside, which, you know, has to, I'm sure has to impact. I mean, I'm not a game developer, but I you change hardware and I assume you got to target that. Yeah, that's, um, that's got to have some impact, right? Otherwise, why would you change it? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I, I look at, and, you know, Darksiders 3, you look at Darksiders 3, it's no... It's no graphical showcase, uh, this game. And it, it's... it looks it looks really, really bad mm -hmm. on the Xbox One. It um has like you can tell like one ground texture that looks almost like it's just brown with right. then like like tufts of grass stuck on top and those tufts of grass look like wow on graphic settings one. Like it, it looks really, really rough. And you can actually, there's a character who uh, you have a watcher that follows you around and she's supposed to have like smoke for hair, but it doesn't even look like you, like you can see the texture pieces and same with the hair on Fury, the mm -hmm. main character, which if you were going to do anything, you would think that you would kind of nail your main character and her armor looks great, mm -hmm. but her, uh, anything that moves looks terrible. Even in the cutscenes, the very first cutscene of the game, it kind of sets up because Darksiders 3, just like Darksiders 2, takes place at the same time as Darksiders 1. So essentially, um, they are all taking place at the same time, and um, they're just telling the story of each of the different 
Uh, Horsemen. Horsemen, thank yeah. you. I was going to say Harbingers, but I was like, no, that's the wrong H one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so all of the Horsemen. So in the first one, you see War's story where he's been falsely accused of starting the apocalypse at, like, too soon, too early. Yes. And uh, he has to clear his name. And then the story with Death is that Death is uh, loyal to his brother War and trying to essentially, like, he doesn't really believe that War did it but thinks that the way to clear war's name is essentially to bring back humanity because humanity was destroyed in the apocalypse. Hmm. So he, he goes on a quest to restore humanity. So he has to go to like the well of souls to bring back all the humans essentially. So that's his quest. That's what he's off doing while war is trying to uh, investigate and figure out who really did start the apocalypse early. Mm-hmm. And then now Fury has been tasked by the same council to go and destroy the seven deadly sins, which have, uh, it's basically like each sin, it has this like personification demon. And so you have to go and defeat them, collect them and take them back to the council because through the apocalypse and through the war, these manifestations of the sins have been released and they're trying to um, exert their will on the world at the same time. So they're like, they're not on the side of heaven or hell. They're throwing everything out of balance, basically. So while war and death are off doing their stuff, then Fury is told she needs to go and basically murder the seven deadly sins. Yeah. So there's a, it's it's obviously set up to be what the, what do you call it when it's like it's like trilogy but there's four of them oh um or quartet uh the, a quadru- like, quadro a tw- quadrology <laughs> yeah sure we'll is that right that. that's um, not right it seems like that's de- they definitely set it up to be four or possibly five games like so sure. one one game for each horseman to tell this same story and then both one and two and I'm assuming three as well, will end in the same way, which is uh, basically uh, the main character from the first game who was kind of um, fighting war and then turned over to his side. At the end, she says like, oh, well, do you really intend to take on the council alone? And he says, I won't be alone. And the other three horsemen like ride in sort of thing. Wait, is that an ending to one of the games or... Yeah, you... that was the end. That was the end of the first game, and then they showed it again at the end of the second game, and then yeah. So now I'm assuming every like right. they all these things are happening at the same time, so they're all going to have the same conclusion, which is all the horsemen come together. So right. then that to me says there's going to be a fifth game where you can play as any of the horsemen, or maybe you swap in between them or something. But then like the four horsemen in the Dark Siders universe have a final journey a final adventure a final quest to play through to finish the story i mean that would be really like really neat if they could finish off and and that was the that was the disappointing that's why part i was so too. sad yeah when uh when thq uh went bankrupt that's mm-hmm. why i was so sad because i was like oh man like it really seemed like they were telling a super interesting story with this franchise and mm-hmm. i i was interested to see how they brought it all together but like i say it seemed to be a five game arc at least Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I'm super glad that they've come out with Darksiders 3, but like I mentioned off the top of the review, it's a huge departure from the way the first two games played and they've gone much more into a Dark Souls style, which we don't really like anyways, but Mm. I think, um, 
had I not been doing the show, I would have walked away from this game in the first 10 minutes. And I would caution people against doing that because it did get better. Mm -hmm. But basically what they do is they uh, there's a, a whole big long cutscene, and oh, the cutscene and graphics. That's what started off this whole like lore story where they're going with this franchise uh, conversation. But um, even like War's face in the like animated cutscene looks terrible, like low res, like square pixels oh, almost. And like it looked so bad. I was like, wow, this is even your cinematics. This isn't even like you're trying to use the in-game engine. You just, man, <laughs> they should have paid the animation department a whole lot more. Brutal. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, so in the first 10 minutes of the game, your uh, Fury heads to Earth, which has, which is the apocalypse has happened, so Fury heads to Earth, and there's these all kinds of these monstrous beings, and you basically have one attack, which is just like your X button, and you can mash it a whole bunch of times to do different kind of moves, but it's basically just, you're just whipping your whip thing, and then you do these this weird like double jump where the first jump is like straight up and then your double jump makes you spin in the air which doesn't actually like it's a blood push jump. you uh, it is yeah and it but it doesn't actually push you as high as you think it's going to but then sometimes you just randomly will grab onto ledges <laughs> it's really cuz i've literally stood in the same spot and double jumped three times in a row and like the first two times it won't work but I, I haven't moved the first two times it doesn't work and then the third time it'll work and I'm like I did literally nothing differently I hmm. don't understand why all of a sudden it just kind of let me up so the traversal with her at the beginning is really 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 rough right and that leads into what would have kind of made me stop playing the game 10 minutes in is that you go through this uh, very small area and you kill like around eight enemies and then you get into this arena and you have a boss battle. And it's the first of the seven deadly sins. You fight against Envy. Again, this is the first 10 minutes of the game. I'm not really spoiling anything here, but um, she has an ability where she kind of flies up in the air and then you have to double jump and uh like whip swing your way around the room to get up to her and knock her out of the air before she can get an ability off that one shots you. So it's basically like a timed thing. And mm -hmm. if you fail at your traversal, you'll die. And then you get reset back to the beginning of the game. You have to go through that room and kill the seven or eight enemies again. Uh, Doesn't just start you at the start of the boss. No, it doesn't. It throws you right back to the beginning of the game. Brutal. So you have to do that all again with, you know, a little a couple of little bits that introvert and introduce you to how you're going to do the traversal. And then you get into the boss again. So it took me like probably it took me three or four tries before I had my first loading screen crash. And then I had to restart the game completely. And then I tried it a couple more times once I realized that I like that it was actually like a time trial, basically, because I, I had been trying to like double jump and hit her and like mm. just try and i was like i can't do this and i was like there's no way i can even do this traversal thing fast enough be because of the the double jump mechanic that sometimes works and sometimes doesn't so the first boss was super punishing it probably took me 
six or seven tries in order to actually defeat it. And even then, I did it once. And then the um, you hit her out of the air, fight her a whole bunch more. She breaks the floor. You fall down further. And then it's like the same thing again. You have to do another traversal puzzle to hit her out of the air. But it's longer than the first one. So, and again, she's got this like one shot AOE. You cannot, it fills the entire room. You can't avoid it. You can't stand behind anything to block it. Like it just will hit you. So you have to get up there and interrupt her. So after I did that, after I finally defeated her, mm-hmm. I was just like, oh man, like Fury's traversal is crappy and not fun because that's something that I actually really liked in the other games. Like, it was mm-hmm. super cool to do uh, traversal and both war and death were different, but still really entertaining. And she just like literally does this double jump and has this whip swing. And I'm like, ugh, this just ugh, sucks. Um, so after that boss, I was like, man, I really don't want to stick with this. But then I was like, okay, I have to do it for the show. I want to give it more than 10 minutes. I want to go further than the first boss. I want to, you know, see how all of this is going to kind of be fleshed out. And I want to try some more mechanics. So I pushed on Mm -hmm. and it does get better. They introduce characters from previous games. And so that's really cool. And then you as you're progressing. So I've now defeated two of the seven, seven deadly sins. So I made it to my second boss and, and he was a a bit of a pushover actually compared to the first boss because he had full on dark souls mechanics where it was like, he was gigantic. You just have to dodge until he did a super big move. And then uh, almost like uh, for lack of a better term, like stuns himself, you know, when bosses do big moves and then they kind of like take a while to get back up again before they start doing their little moves. It was like that. So then he does the big move, you dodge it and then you go whack, 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 whack. So you just kind of like kite him around the arena like that. And then, you know, it was super easy because there was no traversal in it. And uh, so I defeated the second sin and then things start to get really interesting. Then I unlocked fire powers and then I could do like a super high. You, she basically like when you do your double jump, your second jump becomes like she turns into a fireball and like shoots herself up in the air really high. Like <laughs> she starts to get interesting, but I don't know. Like if I'm a person who doesn't like traversal or like who doesn't like dark souls type bosses and super punishing mechanics because the other thing is i'm playing on story difficulty which is basically easy mode because i Mm. just wanted to try to get through i didn't even get um the xbox set up and and everything installed until about 4 30 today so i was like i've only got like two hours of play time before i have to go do gamers in so i'm going to put it on as easy as possible and just see as much of the game as i possibly can um so even on like story difficulty there was still this one shot mechanic and everything else so yeah it's it's very 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 punishing even on the easiest difficulty so if you don't like that style of game if you don't like the dodge until you find an opening combat style then um like so many i can see so many people refunding this game in with like an hour played but just dying on the first boss like <laughs> yeah it sounds like you know swaxis in the chat room is saying it sounds like it's it's bad game design and like it is a it's a game design trope where you make you make your first encounter or at least your first uh, area teach you 
the core combat loop. And God of War had yeah. this as well, where you know it's introducing you to the story, it's introducing you to um, the characters, uh, the combat, and then you you do get into an arena where you're like, all right, have at it. And mm-hmm. that's where you know good design and bad game design can kind of it's it's a very thin line between the two where it sounds like this it's just they tried to do that they tried to create this this setup where you're learning your mechanics and it it sounds like it was really trying to teach you the the traversal and and why that mechanic is going to be important later on it's it's similar to like spider-man in spider-man where you're having to do you can just punch people like batman but Mm -hmm. really what spider-man is trying to teach you is like no swinging and being up in the air and volleying people around and using your gadgets it's a mixture right yeah so the fact that darksiders 3 is leaning in so hard saying like no if you don't do traversal right you're going to die and we're going to teach you that lesson until you learn how to do how to do the traversal and i'm wondering if maybe it's the maybe the controls i again haven't not played it it sounds like maybe the traversal just isn't as intuitive as as you would hope it to be. Like if you're well, if and, you're failing to stay is, above the AOE, right? And this is uh, this is kind of what I feel like is the problem. Is the game felt a little bit glitchy because mm. there was like one. So there's basically you double jump to get up on a platform. You jump from the first platform to the second platform again. That one's a double jump because it's up too high for just single jump. And then you have to run and like jump and then as you're in the air you hold the x button and she puts her whip out and then she swings you across a gap the first gap you swing across if you just hold the x button and never let go then the whip will take you to like the natural like climax of the arc of the swing and then the whip will just let go and she'll just land on the platform then the second one is a little bit further away And you get the prompt that at the end of the swing, you can press the A button to jump, which makes sense. But you have to time it very, very perfectly. And so your A button is your jump button. Your X button is your attack button and also your swing the whip button. Hmm. So on the third one that you have to do, so it gives you three swings in a row. um, That one is a little bit further again. And time after time after time, and maybe my controller is broken, but time after time after time on the third jump, I would do the swing, I would press A, and then instead of her jumping, she would swing her whip like an attack. And I was like, I definitely didn't press the X button, but she's acting like I pressed the X button. Hmm. So it feels like a bug or a glitch or something. And I'm like, how could that happen? because like it's literally within 10 minutes of the game so how did this slip by qa unless it was like tested on pc for bugs and then they just ported it over to the xbox and went yolo (laughs) like release (laughs) probably doesn't work that way but it would be funny if it did but like i just it was just so so weird and then so the time that i actually got it to work Again, it was one of those times where I can't even tell you what I did differently. I didn't really do my timing differently. I didn't press any different buttons. I like I I literally can't tell you what I did differently in attempt number six, but I made it across the gap and managed to knock her out of the air. And then, yes, yeah, so then the puzzle changed or well, 
I use the word puzzle very, very loosely because it wasn't a puzzle. It was very straightforward. Well, I hear there are not um, many puzzles in the game. Like it's uh... there. There really are. I've I've come across a couple, but there aren't as many. Like um, I remember them from Darksiders too because I remember that they were really hard. Hmm. It's like you would think that you know what the solution is, and then you would try it, and it wouldn't be quite right, and then it like it was really difficult at some points in Darksiders 2. I think I even had to go and look one up. Mm. Um, but this one, it um, wasn't necessarily difficult. It just like a couple, the couple puzzles that I've come across have just been mechanically annoying, I guess, more so than actually like difficult, difficult. Um, so yeah, it's, but the, yeah, like, and like I say, so I've defeated now two of the seven deadly sins and I can remember two puzzles that I've come across. <laughs> so okay. there, there's kind of, it's almost like combat, 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 puzzle, boss, combat, 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 puzzle, boss. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious, you know, it sounds like you played more Darksiders than I have in the sense that I, I beat one a very long time ago. And two, I think I, I started, I honestly, mm. we were talking about, you know, this show being going into its seventh year. I remember, uh, in our first, first year we talked about Darksiders two. That's how long it's been, uh, yes. since that one came out. I haven't finished it. I know there's a great, um, definitive edition that came out that I could probably jump back into. Uh, like, do I look at Darksiders 3 or do I just play the definitive? And I'm not going to say, I for those trying to correct me, yes, I know it's the definitive edition, but I'm not going to... But that's a to, really stupid word, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to trip over that one again. You got you got yeah. it there. Uh, but the definitive edition, like, is that something I should play instead of looking at Darksiders 3? Or are you going to continue just to... Are you going to pull Orion and finish this just because it's part of the franchise yes. that you... Okay. So I, I do plan to finish this because, Good. like I said, um, it did get better. It got more interesting. Her moves got more interesting. Sure. And I know that a lot of games like start things off very basic, but I felt like they started this off almost too basic to the point that they gave you a very hard task to do mm. before they made their character interesting enough to make me care if I completed the hard task or not. You know, like it, the hard task was too early on in the game. She was too boring and didn't have anything cool. So by the time I got past that first boss, like if I like I said, if I didn't have the show to do, if I didn't have a review to finish, then mm -hmm. I never would have I, I would have dropped it and asked for my money back, to be honest. But it did get a lot better. It got so much thing. I just got to the point, like I say, that I got literal fire powers and they're the thing that gives me like the artifact that gives me fire powers is one of four. Hmm. So I'm really interested to know what my other three probably elemental powers are going to be and how they're going to change the gameplay. So now she's getting really interesting. Now she can do stuff that she couldn't do before and opened up new areas, which is kind of Zelda-ish. And it's almost like they, they did take a little bit because it's not an open world game. It's it's very Zelda like in that there's like kind of a central hub sort of thing, which is Haven. And then there are pathways leading off of Haven that um, are unlocked by, I'm sure, different powers because they're they have like. Cool. You know, one had red spider webs, which now that I have fire powers, I can burn the red spider webs away. So 
and then another one had like purple it looked like a wall of kind of like purpley eggs mm-hmm. so it's very clearly like once i defeat a sin and get a power i'll be able to open up that other door so it's very lock and key in the way ocarina of time was oh, so neat. yeah that that is very much where you can still see the zelda influence but um it's still not yeah it i wish that they hadn't put that boss where they put her or they could have put a boss there even if they'd swapped the first two bosses that i did like even if you had gone up against wrath first and then had the traversal boss in envy as the second one that would have been better because then you could have had like a basically like dodge 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 don't get hit this is what our combat's gonna be like just mm-hmm. make sure that you're getting out of the out of the way like he uh very much like showed when he was going to do a big ability so just you know learn the combat and then once you get outside of that area then you'll start to learn the traversal a little bit more she would become an interesting character and she would unlock more powers and you level up again using the soul's currency so you can choose basically and this is another interesting mechanic that you don't see until after the first boss is everything that you kill is giving you these blue souls which becomes your currency and you meet um uh his name starts with a v it's not virgil but it's similar he's a demon anyway and he's the same guy who's been like the vendor something something like that Mm. yeah he's been the vendor through all the dark souls games so he's back and so you unlock him and he's also the way you level up so his currency is souls and you can either choose to spend your souls leveling up fury or you can spend your souls like getting new weapons, new armor, consumables. And so it's basically like he's a one-stop shop for everything that's going to make your character more powerful. And then you have the choice of whether you want to level up or whether you want new gear. So it's that's a cool system. But again, after the first boss. So I really wish that they just made the decision to swap those two and that you had Wrath first and then Envy because having that such a punishing traversal boss happening right at the beginning was i think a mistake because you don't you're not invested enough and you haven't seen any systems at all you don't even know what the blue souls are that you're collecting as you're defeating these same eight guys to make your way back to the first boss um so yeah you're not nearly invested enough for the difficulty of that boss so i can see a lot of people walking away don't walk away it gets Mm. better it gets more interesting she gets super cool and I think that um, if you can just kind of push your way through that first boss, there's a lot of interesting game to see. I'm just sad that I don't think a lot of people are going to see it because I can see a lot of people just giving up on this game, especially if you don't like Dark Souls, because that's the that's what the combat is in okay. this game. Yeah, well, it's dodge, 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 then hit. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's one thing I have heard is that you, you take large chunks of health out when you get hit, and that's yeah. that's always not my favorite mechanic like that's that's too punishing um to the to the to the user but yeah so it's so it's interesting like well i think what i'll do is i will check out uh darksiders too because i never did finish it i am in the mood for darksiders and and uh i really i really liked darksiders too and like mm -hmm. i say the story between the three games is super interesting and i love the idea that you're playing through the same span of time in every game just as a different character with a different quest in a different location but it's like all happening at the same time coming to this big huge conclusion and even though you know where the game is going to end it's still really interesting to see because they start the game off essentially all separate 
like Fury is super pissed off. Like she sees war all chained up at the beginning and cause he's being accused of starting the apocalypse. And she's like, I don't give a shit. Like, screw <laughs> you, man. <laughs> like, what have you done now? I should have been the leader instead of you anyways. So I'm not even going to listen to you. Like, screw you, brother. What do you want me to do? Council? Okay. I'm going on my quest. Like, bye. And he's like, no, but I'm in chains. Won't you help me? And she's like, nope. Nope. So to see her then answer his call at the end of the first game, I'm interested to know how they get there and what all happens. And I'm starting to see that. But uh, yeah, there's still, I think, a long way to go and a lot of interesting story to find. But I would say absolutely pick up uh, Darksiders 2, play through that, because playing his death, he had a lot of really cool powers. And yeah. then um, I would wait for Darksiders 3 to go on sale. And then after you finish 2, then pick up 3. And uh, okay. I'm sure it's going to be on some sort of Steam sale within the next six months, probably within the next month. So I would say just keep an eye out for sales on Darksiders 3 and definitely do not pick it up on, I would say, definitely not Xbox One. Um, probably by extension, I would say also not on PS4. Mm -hmm. I would say if you have an Xbox One X or a PS4 Pro, and you want it on console, go with those. But if you have the earlier um, iterations of those consoles, don't bother. Uh, so yeah, go for Xbox One X, PS4 Pro, or PC. Like the yeah. the earlier consoles. If if PlayStation, if Xbox is anything to go by, and PlayStation is the same, then uh, they just they just can't handle it. So yeah. I'll probably I'll probably be looking at PC and and yeah I I um I hope it like I want to get it at some point, but I hope that it doesn't go on sale like. Rise, uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider did, where like a month later it was it was cut pretty deep, and a lot of people weren't happy about that. So I hope that doesn't happen to Dark Souls Three because I mean, negative, it, it, like even when you put a game on sale, that can produce negative press and and cannot be good for the discussions of do we do a Dark Souls Four because clearly mm -hmm. they're 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 playing the long game. Dark Souls Three wouldn't exist if they hadn't set up this world that was worth revisiting. Uh, mm -hmm. or the story that needed to be continued. Um, and the fact that they take three and place it, you know, in parallel of one, uh, so they're not progressing the story past what we've already seen. Like, we're, we're still right. working through... All three games end at exactly the same moment, which right. is all four horsemen coming together. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So... And, Literally, and... like, same cutscene, everything. Right. In... Yeah. Oh, but you didn't finish three yet, though, right? You no, just... I haven't finished three. I'm I'm assuming. Okay. Um, because because one and two finished with the exact same cutscene, which, uh, given the end of two, was actually really interesting because um, an an event happens at the end of two, or I guess almost at the in the second last cinematic of two that makes you think that the cinematic from one can never happen. But then they're like, oh, no, but then here's more information. And this is how it actually happens. Mm -hmm. And they end up in the same place. So it's uh, it's really it's really cool. Cool. Um, and so I'm assuming that, yeah, Darksiders three and the eventual hopefully Darksiders four will will all end up in that. Same yeah. Place. I don't know if this is the desired outcome, but I kind of just want to play Darksiders 2. <laughs> like, I'm, play 2. Absolutely yeah. play 2. Um, yeah, I think that's what you should do. That's what mm -hmm. I recommend everybody do, especially since they came out with this definitive edition. You mm -hmm. can pro I don't know how much it is, but it's probably in the 20 to 30 bucks range, yeah. and that is a deal for that game because I, I think 2 is probably my favorite of the franchise so far. So, uh, yeah, it's it was a lot of fun and they delve into 
the lore around like the first one was very much um angels versus demons with humanity caught in the middle and war trying to figure out who started the apocalypse early then in darksiders 2 it goes into the lore of the makers which are basically like the the titan god type characters that created mm. the universe and so you go to their world and you see a lot of, of stuff around that and you learn about like the well of souls so there's still this like angel and demons thing but it's so much more than that and they really flesh out the world of Darksiders in Darksiders 2 and it makes for a really interesting story that you don't necessarily or at least to me it felt like I hadn't heard it before mm -hmm. like angels versus demons with humanity caught in the middle is the oldest story of all old stories right sure <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, Darksiders 2 really fleshed out the universe and made it something cool and different. So, uh, and, and I really enjoyed the combat and I really enjoyed death and his traversal and his powers and stuff. So go and check out Darksiders 2 for, for the time being, and then wait until, uh, you find a sale on Darksiders 3, I think. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm glad you got a chance to check it out and, uh, and, and looking forward to hear more as you get further into it for sure. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, what kind of powers she gets as the game progresses because it seems like she's going to end up being super cool and super interesting and you can swap between it seems like you can swap between uh, her regular powers her fire powers and then whatever's going to come after and her hair turns into flames so yeah. that's pretty cool when she oh. has her fire powers equipped <laughs> always always an awesome thing when you, your hair goes on fire uh, by design exactly by yes design. <laughs> Uh, so I also played a little bit of the council. I'll talk about that in a second because we're going to give some follow up from uh, last week in general. But uh, you played the Spider-Man DLC. I did. So uh, we talked about the Spider-Man uh, DLC as a, I, I think it's called a city that never sleeps or something, which is the the uh, the the title for the three parts. But then each part has like its own thing. So this part was called uh, Turf Wars, a, a direct continuation of of uh of the first uh piece of the dlc and i think that's where this thing really struggles is that it's not really as strong as the first part the first part was so well set up you know with black cat and spider-man mm. and they tease that black cat relationship um between the characters in in the main game and then they bring it into the dlc and they have the character come back and and the way those characters interact and, the, and then the variations on missions and all of it in part one, fantastic. But then part two comes along and it's focused on Hammerhead, who's kind of this, he's a background character in the, in the first part. And then he comes into the second part and it's basically, it boils down to he's the big bad guy and he's going to take everything over. Uh, and, and I guess he has like a metal head. I didn't know who hammerhead was until this video game yeah it's it's not a uh a spider-man character that i'm familiar with no. for sure it's just a big dude and he's got a kind of a weird mis misshapen head and it's basically he must have like a piece of metal under his skin because that's essentially mm. what what is going on his shtick is hitting things really hard with his head ah. uh not not the most entertaining bad guy and and it, and it proves to be the case in this one where um they introduce a new faction and that faction are the the goons that are loyal to to hammerhead and those come alongside uh the rest of the mafia so this is a, like a mafia story where hammerhead is basically trying to take over all of the mafia and take over new york in the process and the second part just kind of 
focuses on just not great characters. Like Spider-Man mm-hmm. remains the strongest character. There's one throwaway conversation. Uh, actually, there's a couple throwaway conversations with you know MJ, and then another conversation with a character that uh, that is introduced a little further into uh, the 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 main game, and that's about it. Um, they they keep the the captain in it. Yeah, Yuri. She plays a, a bigger part, but she's mostly off camera. There's a couple moments where she's on camera and you get to interact with her, but for the most part, she disappears for the entire game, and mm. it kind of boils down to you running across the map doing these missions, chasing Hammerhead, but not actually encountering him until until the very end. You know, uh, it just it wasn't like it wasn't terrible. It just it you kind of expect the second part to be a little stronger. And I'm a little worried that maybe like this one's falling flat. Like I just hope part three is better, <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. if part one was the strongest and then part two kind of falters, if part part three is even worse, like that, that would be such a bummer because I really loved Spider-Man and I was so excited that we were getting more content for the game so soon. Uh, and with, part one being so strong i was like okay this is a good thing um but part two just just kind of falls flat like if you're buying it you're buying it as a package so you're gonna you're gonna want to play through part two because it you know it ends in a way that is that is like all right chapter three let's it's all gonna it's all gonna come to a head right um, well that and that was kind of my question so does it actually um tie together or is it like uh self-contained stories of like the black cat story and then the hammerhead story well there's you know hammerhead is involved with part one but part one wraps up you know concludes in a way where what happens and what the main interesting part about part about part one isn't featured in part two you know, because it starts to focus on Hammerhead as he comes out of the shadows and starts to try to take over all, all of the mafia by by killing uh, all the Dons, I guess. Um, a lot of people named Don in this game. Uh, mm. and, uh, and it's just, it's not as interesting. He's not an interesting character. He's just really boring. And even when he talks, it's like, you were just straight up like such a generic mafia bad guy. Mm. The side characters that they introduce as the other mafia Dons very briefly have more personality than this guy like he's it's just oh that's bad he's just a blockhead and and they uh yeah just i don't know kind of fell flat for me he's just kind of boring spider-man's still great don't get me wrong like you as a character as spider-man you're having the one-liners they're really they're really great and he interacts well whenever he's talking it's very interesting Mm -hmm. um but when hammerhead's talking he's just like no, nah, no one respects the mafia anymore so i'm gonna make them respect me and by killing all these people and blah and i'm like ugh. All right, that's your plan. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it's super generic. He doesn't stick out for any specific reason. Yeah. So, I mean, the the first game, the main game, has such a, a a large rogues gallery of just great bad guys, and this is the guy they choose to focus on for the DLC, and it kind of kind of falls flat. But that's why Black Cat was so interesting when Black Cat was part of uh, part of the story. Like, it was just it was just more interesting. You know, there's no mm-hmm. history between Hammerhead and Spider-Man. That was the most interesting part about part one. This one's just like, he's just a bad guy and you, you, you punch him real hard sometimes. So, um, <laughs> not I, in the head though. Cause I feel like that would hurt Spider-Man's fist. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Don't hit he, <laughs> when you're fighting him, like if you, if you don't do the mechanics, right, you do end up punching him in the head and, and Spider-Man say like, wow, his head is really hard. 
so there, like again, there are good moments. You're you're gonna enjoy going through it if you love Spider Man and you're and you want to mm-hmm. experience the story. Yeah, you're gonna enjoy going through it, but you're definitely gonna feel um, disappointed in its unevenness. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, but the way it ends, uh, I think it ends in a way that makes me excited to play Part Three, um, just to see where they take it. But I I hope they don't double down on on what they introduced in Part Two and kind of go back to to what they had in part one is honestly mm. what I'm, what I'm hoping for. So, um, yeah, but more Spider-Man is always great. I, I can't go wrong with that. So very, very cool. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to do the same thing for the Spider-Man DLC that I did with the council is basically yeah. like wait until all the pieces are out and then just, just sit down and play it. Cause I find like the, the more games that I switch between the more frustrated I end up getting because then I've forgotten story points or, or mechanics or, you know, what buttons to push when and things like that. So I, I like it better instead of playing in these like one to two hour chunks. How, how long did it take you to, to beat the DLC? By the it way? was also shorter than the first part. Um, I would say maybe you could finish the main storyline in two to three hours. Mm. Um, the first part felt longer and more engaged. Uh, but the, you won't have long to wait until it's all out because I think the next piece comes out just before Christmas. Like it's pegged oh, cool. for December. So, um, that has me a little wary because of the short turnaround time. Maybe it might be more like part two, but uh, yeah, it's, it's supposed to be all out before the end of the year. And I would assume before Christmas because who releases a game? Who between... works between Christmas and New Year's? Yeah. yeah. I mean, even if you got one guy to hit the server button between Christmas and New Year's, like that's that's still uh, that's yeah. still not nice. <laughs> that poor one guy, yeah. Yeah, who just has to hit or or, or whatever. They just hit that server button. Like, what if something goes wrong? What if they yeah. release... The wrong Spider-Man part. I don't know. That'd be bad. <laughs> but yeah, so I think uh, I'm going to do the same thing with uh, Spider-Man as I did with the Council, which is kind yeah. of c- come back to it and play it all in one go. Um, but speaking of the Council, I, since last week, did finish the final episode that's currently available in prep for the next episode, which is going to come out next week. I mm-hmm. feel like, you know, a week between four and five is, is fine. Yeah. Um, but Holy hell does chapter four go off the rails. I was really enjoying the story, at least in one, two and three. But uh, yeah, episode four just goes some really, really weird places. And I had another um, I can't remember if I had talked about this before and if I'd finished episode three or not when we talked about it last week. But um, I had to actually go back and replay play episode three because there's a very punishing thing that happens right at the very end that um if you line things up wrong i think i might have actually talked about yeah you talked about the weird ultimate fail puzzle or something yeah yeah so uh so yeah anyways i i went back and replayed and lined everything up properly so even though i knew the solution i lined everything up properly Mm -hmm. didn't get my hand chopped off and then um (laughs) proceeded to play through episode four so uh episode four is just a complete and total like mind f like it just it just goes right off the rails i'm like i don't even know if i want to play five now because it just like i don't i don't necessarily i don't want to say what it is that makes the thing go off the rails but basically like the whole entire story is about this it's like this um historical fiction thing where you've got all the leaders of the free world that come together for this council and you know you're trying to decide about 
you know, big events and, you know, who should go to war, who should, you know, take over this place or that place or whatever. And uh, it's really based in historical events, but there's this, like, undercurrent of occult stuff. Mm-hmm. And the essentially, like, undercurrent of occult stuff comes to a head at the end of episode three, and then they just smack you in the face with it in a ridiculous way all through episode four. And it's just like, and this guy's a thing, 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 and you're a thing, and this is a... And I'm like, what Uh-oh. even is happening? Like, this is just ridiculous. So it <laughs> went way off the rails in a not interesting way in just like a crazy, stupid way. And I was like, man, you guys really had something here. Mm. And you just, uh, yeah, you kind of messed up your story a little bit. So obviously, I haven't played the fifth episode. It doesn't come out until next week. But it very much feels like, I mean... This is a game that centers around storytelling, right? That's all it is. There is no, like, uh, there's puzzle solving and, like, dialogue trees, but there is no, like, combat. There's no nothing. This game is going to live and die on its story. So to see episode four go the direction that it went, I'm just like, oh, man, this is very much, like, this is just starting to feel life is strangey here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh... Yeah, that game, the council. We had some folks in Discord talking about it, and like people basically saying, like, this game does not sound like good game. Uh, yeah, I um, I still haven't gone back to it, even after our discussion last week. Like, I am still interested in the story, but if the story starts to go off the rails like that, you're right. That's where you lose. I would think a majority of the folks playing and yeah, uh, not not knowing what what you're talking about in terms of the moment um i could probably i could probably guess but uh yeah i mean and yeah like i i don't necessarily want to spoil it in case there are people out there playing who are actually enjoying the story and have played through episode four or you know are coming up on episode four like i really don't want to spoil it because if it ends up being in your realm of interest we'll call it Mm -hmm. then um it's the kind of reveal that would be kind of like, oh, what? And if I was into it and if I thought it was a good story, then I would be upset if that reveal had been spoiled for me. So, I mean, I I think that... um, I think... I'm not going to say what it is, but for me, it was way too off the rails. Like, they did this reveal and the reveal was kind of cool, but then they took it way too far. I'll put it that way. So, Um, with with you finishing episode four, does it finish in a way where you're like, they could maybe write the ship story-wise in episode five? Or do you think it's just going to continue to fall apart? uh, I don't... Yeah, I don't really know how they write the ship from here, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I don't don't know if they can. I'll still play through episode five because... um, I am interested in seeing like how they're going to wrap all this stuff up because it seems to just be totally insane. <laughs> but yeah, I just, man, I, I really don't know what to do with it, to be honest. But I, I like, I can't let it go at this point because it's like, you know, 12 to 15 hours of my life has been put into this game now. So I need to, I need to finish it just to see what the story's like. Um, overall, it's not as bad as Vampire. So yeah. or vampire or whatever. So <laughs> that game. Yep. I yep. Uh, I pulled Orion on that one. And then for those who are listening and don't know what pull Orion is, it's basically when you continue to play a game that clearly should have been stopped long ago. Um, and I'm notorious for finishing some pretty bad games. I try to find the positive 
in the experience, which usually ends me finishing a game that should have been tossed. But uh, Vampire <laughs> was one of those where I think I... We talked about it on the show. Is it a pretty notorious episode of Gamers In where we were both yeah. very not happy with the game? Um, and I actually I never went, went back to it. I never went back to it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I went back to it and I finished it. And and honestly, uh, it's just one of those things where Hashtag not worth. No, yeah, and and honestly, in the day, as the, this is going to sound terrible, and I know a lot of people work on video games, but at the end of the day, time is also a, an important you know, uh, I, I value it much more now than I did years and years ago, right? With, with two kids and, and a family and whatnot. But, um, with vampire, it was one of those things where I, you could have just gone to YouTube and been like, Oh, okay, cool. That, that last moment. Yes. Mm. It would have made playing the whole game somewhat worth it, but this was just so much easier. I think there were other examples where another example is when you when it says like hey if you beat the game on the ultimate difficulty you get a different cutscene that is essentially like hey uh here's what the sequel's actually gonna be about you know and i just i just youtube those now like i i, I cannot be bothered to go back and play something on ultimate difficulty because that just that you sounds time. terrible yeah. you know um <laughs> But the council is still one of those things. Like the, I really enjoyed the the weird mechanics they threw into it with uh, that that changed it from just another telltale kind of rip off mm. adventure game and made it something unique. I still really like that. And when we finished episode one, I think you and I both had this conclusion that like, yeah, we'll revisit it when it's all coming out. Um, but it's just this this time of year is so tough to go back to something like the council when you have we have smash oh, brothers yeah, coming out next week so you know? many things yeah uh, so many great things are coming out so mm -hmm. speaking of smash brothers and awesome things that nintendo is doing how is uh let's go eevee you've had a little bit more time with it than you did last week yeah i had a little bit more time with it i've actually been playing handheld mode a lot as i've been sort of uh you know playing on lunch break and stuff and that game still remains uh, a cute and cuddly compact version of or compact remake of of blue and red while also simultaneously bringing enough from the main series into the game like i i i think on we talked about it quickly last week and on discord a lot of folks were you know kind of questioning some of the some of the like whether it's too watered down and honestly i think mm. it's the perfect amount of of watered down pokemon because uh, like i said last week i just think it's the po the main pokemon games are just so bloated uh, with stuff and this one just it focuses on catching pokemon doing battles and i loved blue and red so it's just i know exactly where i'm going i know exactly what i'm doing um even though it's it's pretty self self-explanatory as well if you haven't played those games mm -hmm. um but yeah i i actually almost came so this was something i didn't talk about last week i game i came pretty close to buying the accessory so the pokeball that they announced yeah. with it it's $65 here in Canada. I was this close uh, to Yeah, to so that's what I was talking about. Um, the Pokeball accessory, mm -hmm. the version of the game, and why I didn't end up picking up Pokemon is because that's $130 for the game and the, and the ball in, like, a collector's pack or whatever. So I was just like, I can't... $130 is just too much. I can't do yeah. this. Yeah, I... And because uh, we really and truly, we need another set of Joy-Cons anyways, because the ones that came with the system, the left-hand one constantly desynced. So, like, we need a new set of Joy-Cons anyways. So I'm like, we should probably buy that 
especially with Smash coming out, before we buy or like another pro controller maybe, or you know, like there's other Twitch accessories that we should spend money on before a Pokeball that's only going to work with Let's Go Eevee or Let's Go Pikachu. <laughs> I think it all... Now, some folks may be able to correct me, but I think it also works with Pokemon Go um, in that you can... It, it swipes Pokestops automatically, I think. Um, it oh, does, so like, the, like that bracelet? Yeah, it does some... Oh, now, okay. do you have the bracelet? I can't remember if you I don't, it. no. Okay. I, it was sold out when... I was really into Pokemon Go and now mm. like I only really do Pokemon Go when I travel. So I yeah, haven't I'm not as into Go as I used to be. So I'm kind of glad that I didn't like try to track down that accessory because right. yeah, like I mean, it's great that it can, you know, do stuff when but I found um, I've started playing Pokemon Go a lot more because it you can tie it into Google Fit now. Mm -hmm. So like my phone is constantly tracking my steps through Google Fit. And then now when I open Pokemon, it's like, oh, hey, you know, here's some bonus candies and congratulations on hatching some eggs and stuff. And you don't have to have Pokemon Go open anymore because like it drains the battery on my phone so fast. So yeah. it's really nice to get credit for those steps. So now I'm playing it a little bit more again. And I think that only just came out a few weeks ago yeah it's brand new um that feature and it's got me playing as well actually i got back into it because i was like oh what's the connection between pokemon let's go and pokemon go and um there's a lot more in go now that i haven't exp i haven't played uh, for over a year and yeah the accessory i almost bought it and i was talking to ashley about it that's usually how i got check you know weird large-ish purchases it's like i'm kind of thinking i'm putting this like pokeball on my christmas list or just straight up buying it because it's available. Mm. I don't know how much longer it'll be available. And she's like, okay, well, what games can you use it for? It's like, well, Pokemon Let's Go. And it's like, okay, what does it do? It's like, well, you put a Pokemon in it and like you shake it and you can hear the Pokemon in there. And it, I think the Pokemon will do stuff. Like he's your little buddy helper and he'll do stuff for both Pokemon Let's Go and Pokemon Go. Um, so some folks, I know uh, Eddie, my co-host on Summoner's Call, he has one and, and he's been using it to kind of boost his uh his characters like he'll he'll do some running around and stuff and and yeah the adventure sync on on pokemon go has been really really fantastic but ultimately i decided not to get it uh just because i i don't know i just i felt like it probably wasn't something i needed uh, yeah it's a time. very specific accessory it's also so. 70 dollars like it's yeah it's if, uh if it's it functioned cheap. like a normal joy con so that like you could use it in other games in place of a Joy-Con, then okay, maybe. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's very much only works in Let's Go. And I mean, I'm sure that there's a lot of Pokemon fans out there. And I I am totally one of them that it would be super duper cool. Although, I mean, I hope there's a wrist strap because I would accidentally throw that at my TV. Oh, there's a wrist honest. strap. No, yeah. Nintendo, they've, they've, yeah. they've put a wrist strap on that thing. And I mean, yeah, it, I, did, I ultimately decided not to do it, but I think it is really cool and that it does act as you know, uh, your main control method for the game. And, and like yeah. I said, that, that like game if, is. If, let's say if there was a, a similar thing, like let's say that you could mm. buy 10 electronic, like uh, like handheld plastic Hearthstone cards that would let you like hold your cards <laughs> in your hand and then like pull one out and play it. Like if there was some sort of uh, controller like that for Hearthstone, let's say. Mm. I could see myself wanting to have that because Hearthstone's my game. So if Pokemon was my game, I would absolutely want the ball to go with it. But where 
Pokemon, as fun as it is, is not my game. I just I don't think it's uh, it's not worth uh, the money for the for the very specific accessory. But yeah. I'm sure that there's lots of people that are super stoked to have it. It, it adds an extra feature, but ultimately for me, uh, because I'm got one foot in Pokemon Go and one foot in Pokemon Let's Go, I'm not like fully in on both of them. So mm-hmm. the accessory didn't make sense to me. And plus, I'm not, you know, the way I'm playing Pokemon Go is I'm I'm not I'm not like walking. It's winter right now. So like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not doing a lot of that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm driving places and, and, you know, just hoping the heat has been on long enough that I don't freeze in my car. But um yeah it's it's not the accessory isn't for me but the game still remains to be awesome and it it is the handheld mode is kind of the way to play it because it's it just it feels perfect and pokemon's always Mm -hmm. been a handheld game for me so playing on the handheld doesn't feel like a cheapened experience because it's what i'm used to Um, right but playing it on the tv is also really good it's just it has that motion control and it, it is a little bit silly at times um as you're as you're trying to like just kind of throw it but it's still yeah. it's still fun i'm really enjoying it i i need to get a bit further so i can start transferring pokemon that's the other thing you have to get like 75 percent of the way through the game before you can start bringing your pokemon in but uh i'm still i'm still digging it i think it's a it's a solid entry uh in the pokemon franchise probably one of the first spin-offs that has actually been good uh mm. so or good i guess pokemon snap was pretty good <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening. Before we go, we have a patron ad from Simon who says, Weekly News Desk Podcast, all about the geek news this week. You can join your two knucklehead hosts, Andrew and Simon, as they keep you informed on movies, TV, video games, and books. You can find them on iTunes or at weeklynews.com. And those of you who are currently in the chat room, don't go anywhere. We have game night coming up right after this over on twitch.tv slash thegamersin. Speaking of twitch.tv slash thegamersin, that is where we record all our video versions of our episodes live at normally Thursdays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. So uh, make sure you are following us over on Twitch. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Uh, also, we should mention that we are recording on Friday next week, not on Thursday. Uh, mm-hmm. Ryan is going to be out of town. Plus, the Game Awards are happening on Thursday. So we are going to give you a full rundown of the Game Awards. And we're going to record that on Friday. So make sure you are, again, following the Twitch channel so you get a notification when we go live. You can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com. And if you'd like to email the show and let us know what you've been playing, please do so at infogamersinpodcast.com. Thanks for staying at the Gamers Inn. And remember, tune in next week. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. That's pretty crazy. What's that? Um, 350 divided by 7 carries a 1. How many years is that? Seven? Almost 7 years. Yeah, because I think we started in 2011. So, yeah, it has been 7 years. Yeah, we're just, I guess we missed a few here and there, but. Yeah, Skyrim. That's how I tell time. That's how I know it's been 7 years. That and Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword.